Warning, the following podcast speaks on depression and suicide. If this may cause any form of triggers for you, I advise you not to continue. Hey queen, and yes, I mean queen. Did you know that in chess, the most powerful piece that each player has is the queen? It is defined as the girl who's very important or successful at something. One who inherits the position by right of birth. I think it's crazy how all of these things are describing you. Just replace your name with queen in each of those statements and you'll see what I'm talking about. You defy the odds of what everyone thinks about you just by waking up every morning. To endure the things you've gone through and still go through is something to be proud of. But if I'm being honest, sometimes wearing the crown is exhausting. And that's okay. I'm here to unpack with you. So let's talk about it. You ever been in a toxic relationship? (laughs) I don't care what anyone says, okay? Let me be real with you. Toxic relationships are the best, okay? I hate to admit it, but it is what it is. It's not up for discussion. That's how much I know. It's like you want to leave in your heart. Like, they are not good for me. But you want to stay. Like, I can't go. (laughs) I want to leave, but I can't go. That's the type of feel. Like, y'all be arguing 24-7. And they get on your last nerve. Fun fact, okay? Did you know there is 7 trillion nerves in the body? Seven trillion, I don't even know how many zeros that is. Seven million, seven trillion. You see, I can't even say trillion. Seven trillion nerves in the body. And they seem to get on every single last one of them. How is that possible? Only a few people could do that. <laughs> your, your parents, your siblings, and your bae. Okay, those are the only people. If you want to reach another level of anger, let them try it. I promise you. They're the best. Toxic relationships are so good, but so bad at the same time. Those people treat you like trash, and you stay. You literally feel like you're in an R&B music video. But the ones from back in the day, not the ones from now, because the ones from now, hmm. They kind of trash. <laughs> but I'm talking about the old ones, you know, and the filter was kind of like yellowish. And they, you see them yelling at each other. And then one of them leave and then the other one come back with a car. They just botch you. <laughs> like some crazy stuff. Like the stuff you see on TV type stuff. Of course you don't want to leave. It's a whole drama in my life. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a good feeling. Even though it makes you feel horrible. Toxic relationships are the best. But let me get serious just so you could listen to me. And I say listen to me right now. If you are in a toxic relationship, if you are about to get in a toxic relationship, if you have a chance to leave a toxic relationship, leave. Okay? Because the one thing I've learned is that it is impossible to leave once you are entangled. (laughs) Once you are in it, you cannot go, like, on the real note. There's no coming back. Well, I only say that to show you how serious it is, but, you know, with God, nothing is impossible. With some serious prayer, 
you know, and you actively deleting them, like, you know, blocking their number, blocking them on social media, ignoring them in person, not being around the places that you know they'll be, things like that, you know, not entertaining them. But <laughs> if you don't do that, mm, ain't no leaving, okay? <laughs> I've been in a few of those relationships myself with a capital S, okay, relationships. <laughs> I got to let that know because Lord knows it was just one after the other. <laughs> but let me let y'all in on a little secret. I'm actually in a toxic relationship right now. That's why I could talk to you. It's personal for me. And I chose this episode to do it. So <sighs> here it is. His name is Press. Well, that's what I call him. You'll see why. Dang, I could already feel the judge. It's like I started talking and I felt it. Let me explain. Oh, I just feel the judgment. <laughs> so Press and I have been on and off for about five or six years. He used to flirt with me here and there before, but... The summer, yeah, the summer after 10th grade, um, I gave him a chance. And we got super close that summer. Like, I was literally with him 24-7. And every single second I had away from him, he would just blow me up. Like, where are you? Why aren't you here right now? Type stuff, you know? He got to know everything about me. He completely took the space in my mind. Like, he was crazy about me. He did everything in his power for me to like him and want to be with him. But the one thing that got me was his words. <sighs> it's like, that's always my weakness when they have a way with words. <laughs> it's like, he always knew what was going on in my head. And he had this way of taking it in making it bigger for me to believe him. And every time I would try to leave, he would just have me running back with his words. And trust me, I've tried to leave multiple times. He seems kind of loving, right? A little crazy, but he seems loving for the most part. You know, who else isn't crazy? But in all honesty, he's kind of a manipulator. He says things to make me feel bad. Horrible, actually. It's like the more sad and down and anxious I get, the happier and more accomplished he seems. I know he's bad for me, but I can't, well, I, I just can't. I cannot get out of his grip. Around him, I feel safe, comfortable, familiar. Well, the story thickens, because about two years ago, he bought me a ring, and we were engaged. Until I went to church, though. <laughs> Something knocked me over the head, and praying was like, leave that boy. <laughs> and I did. I promise I did. But then, you know, after a few months, you know, boys, you get in an argument, and then they give you your space, and then they come back to see how you are. They're like, oh, I could still get her. Yeah. <laughs> That's that situation. And... When he gave it back to me, I took it, of course. And then we've been on this cycle, you know. He'll give me the ring. I'll take it. Something tells me to leave, so I do. I try to leave. He gives me some space a few months, and he comes back, and then he gives me the ring again. 
this has been happening for, you know, since he gave it to me. And every time I put it in my mind that I'm going to leave him, because he's no good for me, I just leave him alone. It all just happens again. The cycle starts over. But interestingly enough, I actually considered getting married to him. Even through everything that he's done, I wanted to. When he first gave me the ring, I was like, let's do it. This sounds like a typical story. It's like I could hear in your mind, you're like, okay, what's the big deal? This is pretty regular. Until you understand what I'm actually talking about. There are only three instances that happen in my life that are extremely hard for me to talk about. This is one of them. If you could just feel my heart right now, it literally feels like I just finished running a lap. I mean a mile. No, I mean a lap. <laughs> Y'all know I'm out of shape. <laughs> Press is the nickname I gave to my depression. Yes, I gave it a whole identity. That's how serious it is for me. I felt depression and sadness here and there. Before it wasn't, you know, as bad. I would just have, you know, a few thoughts, a few feelings until the summer after 10th grade. I was so sad all the time. I just couldn't understand why. It's like there was a blockage in my mind to happiness and the reality of life around me. It's like every time I tried to think positive or, you know, something good would happen, I would just remember the bad and focus on all the horrible things that was happening to me. I would walk with depression sleep with him, ate with him, go out in public with him. Whatever he told me to do, whatever he told me to think, however he told me to feel, that's how I felt. That's what I became. It was so real to me that I literally gave him an identity. This is my boyfriend. He asked to be for years, five or six to be exact. The more that I lived with it, the worse I got. People would try to encourage me or make me feel better, but all I would hear is him. That isn't true. Or do you think they actually care about you? No one cares about you. Nobody cares about anything you're going through. Shut up. Stop talking. Your burden is literally everyone's. And then when I say he gave me the ring, it was him saying, why are you even alive? It would be better if you just died. And I believed it, every single word. When I say I almost got married, I mean I almost went through with it. Suicide, I mean. I just want to make that clear for anyone out there who thinks Christians are perfect or don't deal with anything. I had gotten baptized way before this. So why was I even thinking things like this? I was attending a church that's known for its loving and family environment that cares about people. And I was here, suffering in silence. I'm actually famous for suffering silence because all I do is just listen to the depression in my ear, telling me to stop talking and telling me not to give anyone information because they don't care and you don't want to burden them. I suffered in silence for so long that I, I was close to dying. My organized self actually sat down and planned the whole thing. The time, the date, the letters, everything you could think of. March 4th, right after my birthday. 
because March 4th is the only day of the year that encourages you to keep moving forward. Yep. I don't want to get graphic, so I'll spare the details. But something about my life, it just seems so gray. It was almost as if I was invisible or something. Nobody saw me. Nobody cared. And I thought that if I just died, everything would be better. For me, for everyone. Jeremiah 29, 11 says something along the lines of, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. There was one day I was out with a few people, and I was talking with someone who cared so much that they referred me to someone else who happened to be sitting right next to me. And he cared so much about me that he let me know I was seen. And I went from the brink of suicide to now who I am today. Just imagine a world without hearing my voice, right? Please, please, if you're listening to me, don't suffer in silence. If you feel invisible, I see you. If you think no one cares, I care. You could talk to me. And even more important than me, God cares. And he's the one that made you. He knows everything about you. And he's open and willing to listen to you any time of the day. He'll help you and he'll be there for you if you just let him in. You're so important. And I cannot imagine a world without you living in it. Just hold on a little bit longer and I promise it'll get better. All I did was just wake up every day and say, it's going to get better. He's just getting started. And if you're listening, press, it's over. Don't come back anymore. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Queens. I want to know how it made you feel. And be honest. Or maybe you want to ask me a question or leave a topic for me to talk about. I want it all, and I'm here for you, so hit me up. I want you to remember this. Wearing the crown does get heavy, but stand strong with your head up high and do it with confidence. There's purpose in your pain, and I'm so proud of you for moving forward. I love you. Until next time, 